Welcome to Exploring the Industry, where we find out what God's doing in the entertainment world. I get to interview Christians from various entertainment industries. They share their stories of faith and transformation with you and I. I'm hosting people from many different backgrounds to share what God is doing and where he's shown up most in their lives and their careers through their highs and lows. We're believing to influence the narrative of how Christians perceive what God's doing in the entertainment industry around the world. If a picture is worth a thousand words, their story is worth a thousand sermons. Come join the conversation and welcome to the show. For Kristen Dalton, winning the title of Miss USA wasn't just a dream, it was destiny. From the age of three, she believed that one day she would wear the coveted Miss USA crown and sash on April 19, 2009 in Las Vegas, Nevada, as a worldwide television audience watched, Kristen was crowned Miss USA 2009. Kristen used the pageant as a springboard into an amazing career as an accomplished singer, actress, and dancer. She has appeared on hit television shows including One Tree Hill, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, The Jay Leno Show, and has performed the national anthem at numerous sporting events, one of which was the nationwide 300 series NASCAR race. Kristen has made guest appearances on Fox and Friends, CNN, Access Hollywood, Extra, Good Morning America, and the list goes on. As Miss USA, Kristen was a spokeswoman raising millions of dollars for the official causes of the organization. As philanthropy and inspiring young women is important to her, she co-founded a woman empowerment foundation called Deeper Than Diamonds. Today, we're going to explore how God inspired her dream to be Miss USA. We're going to discover that a career in the industry has some major challenges, but how God can give you perspective. And we're going to hear about Kristen's ministry as one of the top voices to Christian women in the entertainment industry. Welcome to Exploring the Industry. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I'm here with my friend, Kristen Dalton-Wolf, who I've known for a number of years. Yes. I love watching your family, like on Instagram. I love seeing you guys in real life. You guys are some of the most fun people, you and your husband, Chris, and I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> Thank you. My, my husband said the other day, he was like, if we were a food, we'd be American cheese because <laughs> we and are sounds like very cheesy. That's amazing. <laughs> you just That's own so, it. <laughs> I'm glad you owned it. But both of you do so much in uh, just helping people who are in entertainment, but also beyond that, just know who they are. Like you guys are such identity builders and but you've, you've had rich investments behind the scenes, not just like little, like we're going to just do a Bible study sometimes. You guys have like invested into people's lives by the hundreds hmm. here in Los Angeles for a lot of years. And just want to say thank you for that Aww. because it's made a big difference for a lot of people who are actors, entertainers, but mm -hmm. also just moms and dads and men who are trying to be men with Chris and women who are trying to be women with you. It's a huge thing. So thank you. But beyond that, you have a history in beauty pageantry and yes. you've also done acting and different things in the entertainment industry. Let's go back to the pageantry stage for a little bit because that's how a lot of people yeah. might ha have been introduced to who you mm -hmm. are. True. You just want a little, little teeny beauty pageant one time. <laughs> Well, it was my dream since I was three years old to be Miss USA. Yeah. Um, and the reason why is because my mom was Miss North Carolina USA. Oh, so, yeah, I never knew that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So she had her crown and her trophies sitting on her dresser since I was little, and I would go in her room oh, and, so cute. you know, practice my winning moment in the mirror. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's amazing. And then because of that, um, watching Miss USA and Miss America was like a holiday in our house, like the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have two younger sisters and a younger brother. My dad was in on it too. Wow. So I mean, it was a, it was a thing. So we'd sit in front of the. TV and make our top 15 predictions. My mom would roll her hair in sponge rollers. We would um, eat popcorn with milk duds at the bottom, pass around an orange juice thermos because we weren't allowed to like drink sugar or like soda. Yeah. So orange juice at night was a big that deal. Was huge. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember watching and being so in awe of wow. these women because to me, they emanated poise and confidence and elegance and femininity but also purpose and passion. Yeah. And these women were able to speak off the cuff in front of, you know, a whole entire audience eloquently on important subjects. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I want to be like that one day. So she was a role model to me growing up. And I was like, I want to be a role model like her. So when Does I was you do pageantry all growing up then, no, or? no, oh, my, okay. my mom was like, she put us in dance and we did musical theater and sports and other things to kind of develop who we were because yeah, I think 
There's no toddlers and tiaras. There was no toddlers and tiaras. So so yeah, we kind of developed our talents and I love um, that. purpose before getting to the place where, where I would have a platform. Yeah. If that makes sense. So so yeah. So then um I I competed in nine pageants before I went to Miss USA. That's not that many for someone who's gone in. Yeah, it's not that many. Yeah. And um yeah, when I competed at Miss North Carolina USA, I it's expensive to compete in pageants. Oh, okay. And so I made this decision that I was like, I am not going to compete until I am ready. And I'm only going to compete once. And it's going to be when I win. Wow. And now, was that a kind of a God thing? Or was that just in your choices you were making? Just like, this is all I'm going to do. This is- I think it was both. Yeah. You know, I'm a, by personality, I'm a maximizer. So I'm going to maximize mm-hmm. my money and my time. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but also, I'm like, I just... I'm going to, I, I felt like God was developing me in, in other losses and other forms of rejection and other ways. So mm-hmm. I didn't need to compete a bajillion times mm-hmm. in order to, in order to develop what I needed to. And so I just felt like, um, the year I competed that I was ready and that it was going to be my year. And, wow. um, yeah, I competed in a one and then I'm like, all right, we're going to Miss USA. Wow. <laughs> now talk about that as a Christian, like you're in this pageant and not a lot of people are viewing but understand a Christian's place in the realm of beauty or beauty pageants or this realm, this world that has been your starter world that was developing towards the entertainment industry that you're in now. What was that like for you as a Christian? Uh, competing in pageants? Yeah. I It's interesting because I... Now that I've won Miss USA, um, I coach a lot of women in how to win and how to stand out. So I get um, messages or emails from girls who are like, hey, I have this dream to compete or I have this dream to be Miss America or Mm -hmm. Miss Virginia. But um, I feel conflicted in how this, how to be a Christian in this, how do I reflect godly values? And I'm like, yeah. really? Um, so it, there's there's kind of this there's this stigma that if you compete in pageants, that you're not a good Christian, wow, or that um, that that you're disappointing God in some way. And I think it comes from that whole verse and or the scripture in Peter where it talks about um, dressing modestly mm-hmm. um, and not merely adorning yourself with jewels. Mm-hmm. Um, but he talks about he 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 says don't. He says, don't merely adorn yourself. He doesn't say not to yeah. be beautiful. He's just talking about yeah. focus on your your inner first, of course. And so for me, like my experience in pageantry and the whole reason I even wanted to be Miss USA was to be a light. Wow. Like I wanted to use that platform to be a voice for purity and for decision making. Yeah. The power of making decisions, the power of character the power of god giving you a dream and you making decisions at an early age to align with that dream i love that for a couple reasons one is i think you know jesus came first to popular culture he came to like the tax collector's house and went to parties and then i think of paul like paul's gonna go to the church somewhere in acts and all of a sudden the angel shows up and says go to macedonia instead and he goes to this woman lydia who's selling purple linen clothing which is kind of party clothing it's like what high class people Mm, would wear mm -hmm. what people in society would wear and she gets radically saved and her business turns into like an incubator of prayer for the church to be built there and there's all these places in the bible Mm. that are mentioned where it's like people who are you know who they're not judged for their occupation they're judged for their heart Mm. and even Ananias and Sapphira one of the reasons why they were judged wasn't because they had the wealth or they sold the property it's because they lied and, but they were people that would be people of society that were attracted to the gospel, but obviously they had a wrong motive in it. So I think we, we could see over and over that people are attracted in popular culture to what's happening. And then God put himself there as a light. So mm. there's biblical precedence for it. But I think a lot That's of times cool. when people see beauty right. or people see pageantry, they, um, they look at it like they might be really religious where they're saying that can't be used of God because, and they have a list of reasons. Right. I, I love when you take yeah. the rules off and say everything can be used from God. Mm. And every platform there is, he wants to be a light on. Right. Unless it's inherently immoral. And so I love that. I love that you were in these pageants. Mm. What was your favorite part of what God did through the pageant world? And then we'll move on because there's so many more things I want to talk about. <laughs> um, 
Man, he taught me a lot about, um, gosh, through the process of even mm-hmm. preparing. I think one of the most important things in, that he taught me and that I love is the importance of, I, I use this phrase, training for reigning. Yeah. Um, actually, I think the first time I even saw that was in a book by Chris Fallon. Yeah, Chris Fallon, yeah. Um, on supernat- Supernatural Ways of Royalty. Such a great um, book. Yes, but train to reign. And so that's that's really what I'm even still holding on to now mm. when it comes to God giving you a dream or walking in your purpose. And it's like you get the dream and you're like, whoa, that's so exciting and so beautiful. But then you don't realize you have nine years before you get to the thing. <laughs> and you Speak. are you are in the shepherd's field, you know, yeah. like David tending the flock. And then you got to fight all these battles. And then you're like, what about the palace? <laughs> yeah. And um, but just remembering that those those moments and all that time is holy ground Wow! and that God is train training you up for the thing so you can handle it. Yeah. And so, um, when I, when I look back, like the, the reason I was able to win Miss USA wasn't because I had the best dress or the best face because I didn't like, I was not the most facially beautiful, mm. Um, or because I had the best resume. I mean, everybody can have a good resume. Everyone's pretty. Everyone can buy a $5,000 gown. So what is it that separates you? You know, it's, it's how you steward all those years and the time leading up to that moment. And so I have to keep remembering that even now, 10 years later, 10 years after being Miss USA, I I have dreams and it's taken forever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It feels like. And yeah. I look at my social media and I'm like, why are my likes not higher? <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I pray and I'm like, Lord, can you just like breathe on my social media? You know, I need my engagement to go, to go up. And totally. he's like, you know, just steward what you have. So, um, so yeah, that's I my, that's we're my favorite. That Cause my wife is doing like a gardening website and it's just, you know, becoming like a little influencer in the gardening space, which is fun. And I yeah. uh, had some dreams for that. And we were talking about like, cause our, my likes, which are, you know, much higher than hers just cause I've been in the ministry side of the world for a while. Right. And when, when you're engaging people, it's exciting when you get on that role and all of a sudden 500 more people like you or 200 more, yeah. and, and you're engaging more people whatever. And I was telling her, you know, and, and she didn't need me to give her this advice cause she's smart enough to get it. But I was like, one of the things I practice is loving everybody who mm-hmm. God brings to even yes. connect to me. Like when I'm so praying, good. I'm like, thank you that they noticed me. And they, mm. that means they, they can notice you. Mm. And there's something, Lord, give me the right voice for them. I'm, I'm playful and I want to do the fun stuff, but I also want to make sure that I'm, you know, saying that thing. So I, I love that because I know mm. you're like that too. It's like there's a people we're called to love. So we're not mm. into the influence for the sake of influence. It's for influence for the sake of God. Harvest them all for your purpose. And right. like, if I can be a light, give me the highest lamps that I can shine from. Mm. And that mentality mm. sometimes is poo-pooed by the church because mm. they're like, you're, you're wanting influence? Like, why do you want influence? And right. it's like, no, because... Jesus told us to want influence. Right. He told us we would be at the highest place of influence we can have in our yes, lifetime. Yes. He didn't light us and put us under a bowl. Mm. And there's that weird false mm. humility thing that you, as Miss USA, probably mm. overcame mm. a long time ago. But mm. what do you do? You have anything to say about that as far mm. as influence? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is this is something that I come to God with frequently, <laughs> um, just to check myself, you yeah. know. Um, but yeah, the word influence and social media influencer is everyone wants to be one Yeah. now. And so it's like, okay, how do we be in the world, but not of the world? How do we um, operate um, in the kingdom? Yeah. Like, how do we do kingdom living mm-hmm. in the world? How does that translate? And, um, you know, because I think it's tempting to be like, ah, uh, it's it's so sinful, it's so enslaving, it's so entrapping. So I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. And I've done that, you know, where I'm like, I'm off social media. Forget it. I don't even care. But then God's like, but this is a tool mm-hmm. that I'm giving you. And so it's like having the men- having the mentality of letting using social media, not letting social media use you. Yes. You That's know. So true. Um, and like you said, this is something God's been speaking to me is like. In everything you do, ask yourself, is this loving? Mm. Because I think that, especially as a performer, it's really easy to operate from fear. And fear looks like anxiety and control. 
yeah. and anger so much. and proving and pressure. Yeah. It's just all that performance. And it's just, I love that. So, okay. The last pageant you were in was, I believe, was Miss Universe. Yes. And you mm-hmm. came pretty high up in that in Miss Universe too. Were you, when, when it was over and you were done with that, were you like, I think I'm done with pageantry now? Or oh. were you like, <laughs> I'm going to keep going? Um, so after you compete at, at Miss Universe, when you're Miss USA, like you're pretty much, you're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, okay, that's behind me. Mm-hmm. And before we go to commercial break, <laughs> did you have your eyes on like, I'm going to go forward in this place of influence? Because like, a lot of people will go into business or they'll go into fashion or go into, you know, beauty products. But there's this place inside of you that knew you're supposed to be a light and a face and a voice. Mm. So give me a, a couple lines on that. Like, how, what was that journey? Like, what what caused you to go that direction? Mm. Um, yeah, well, so at the, towards the end of my year, towards the end of every woman who's Miss USA, you, you start thinking about what am I going to do next? You know, how do you maintain this sort of level of cool factor, you know? And, um, I was like, what am I going to do? Cause I, all I knew is that I wanted to be a role model. I wanted to be a light. I wanted to inspire, but I didn't necessarily know what that looked like. And so I was like, well, I'm really good at talking to people. I love being on camera and I love being on stage. So um, I'm going to be a TV host. (laughs) And so I moved to Los Angeles to pursue that and to pursue TV TV hosting and entertainment um, and print work and commercial work. And after I moved out here and I was working it and going on auditions represented by like the top agencies, um, had my hosting reel. That was really awesome. I started to realize that I, I I wasn't passionate about talking about pop culture, celebrities or beauty. And you have to be passionate about it if you're going to pursue it. I mean, you have to eat, sleep and breathe it because you need to create your own channel and, you know, really be on top of it. And I was like, this is not what I made for. And we're going to come dot, dot. right back after commercial break and talk about <laughs> what she is passionate about. Yay. Thanks so much. <laughs> hey, my exploring listeners, we now have three podcasts a week. You know about exploring the industry on Mondays and exploring the prophetic, which that's why you're listening on Wednesdays. Well, we're adding one more segment, one more podcast called Exploring the Marketplace. On Fridays, I'm here. I have a co-host, Bob Hassan. You're here with me. I'm here with you, Sean. I'm so excited we're doing this together. We're going to be talking and then also interviewing people. Then what else? We're going to be answering questions. That's right. So if you go to bowlsministries.com, if you, there's a banner, it should have my picture, but it probably doesn't, but it says <laughs> questions for exploring the marketplace. Click on that and submit your questions. And we're already doing this. We've got a number of people submit their questions and we're already adding them in right now. So come listen, subscribe and get notified. And you get to hear Bob Hassan and I talk about exploring the marketplace. We're so glad you're joining the conversation. I'm here with my guest, Kristen Dalton Wolf. And we were talking about your history and the Miss USA pageants as Miss USA, but we started moving forward and you were answering a question of the what is next. Let's talk about that. Mm. Yay! I'm so excited. It's my favorite part. So this is after I moved to Los Angeles, after being Miss USA, and I was trying to, you know, make it, because that's what we all try to do is be famous. And um, I was going through a phase, a period of feeling depressed and discouraged. Plus, like, I had dealt with depression since I was a teenager. Yeah, you've talked Um, about that quite a bit in your background. Like, you've helped people kind of overcome that. And actually put it on the table is it's okay to talk about which Man, is it's oh it's yeah. hard it's a gnarly thing you know what and i feel like just like sidebar de- depression is something that i feel like you can overcome but then you get into a new season mm-hmm. or a new territory yeah. or a new role and it's like new level new devil absolutely you know what i mean and you're I like wait any, i thought i had had breakthrough in this area like, we all have our core weaknesses that we have, mm. I think. And so people think when I go through deliverance, 
I may never see this again. And sometimes people are like saying 12 steps. I'm always an addict for the rest of my life. Some people say I, I'm actually never an addict again. Mm, it's so different mm, for everybody, but I do like what good. you're saying. Cause here you won the competition. You're in this season of like greater things happening in your whole world. And then mm. they stop mm. as you pursue a new thing. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's when depression hits again. Cause it's yeah. a new season. So mm. you have to learn how to manage that in a new way. If you were in the same career for 30 years and you learned how to manage that, it probably wouldn't show up again for 30 years. So true. So it's so different. Yes, exactly. And then I overcame it and then I became a mom and it came back again. Wow. So yeah, that's a whole nother yeah. thing. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, I was just going through it. i um, feeling discouraged, like what's going on, you know, in a funk. And, um, I was going to church. I was going to Bel Air Presbyterian and this guy said to me for the first time, and I was raised a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm like, what, 24, 25 at this point. And he goes, Kristen, don't you know that you are a daughter of the king? Wow. And I was like, what? I mean, I know that probably for the people watching your show, that's like, yeah, hello. Don't we all know that? You know, it's on every Instagram meme. Um, <laughs> <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. Where are you Just because uh, we see it doesn't mean we know it, though. That's, that's exactly right. Like you're inoculated to it until all of a sudden revelation hits your heart. Exactly. Wow. And it in that moment, it was like my world turned upside down. It was completely paradigm shifting. It was like all in one moment. I was like, first, I'm going to tweet that. So my future husband knows I'm special. <laughs> Second, um, second, oh, no wonder I wanted to be Miss USA. No wonder I love Disney princess movies. No wonder I love fairy tales because that's who I am. Mm. And what? Like, I'm not Miss USA anymore, but I still wear a crown. Wow. And I know that so that can sound like trite and cheesy, but it's like, oh, all this time I was trying to become something that I actually already am. I love that. And so I got very excited and obsessed with this new <laughs> thing of what that means. Yeah. Like, what does it mean to be royalty mm -hmm. in real life? <laughs> well, it's your eternal. It's your eternal identity. And, and one of the things you talk about a lot is identity, like when you talk mm -hmm. to people. And I think for you to have that identity awakening and when you already had the history of what world even looks like in the natural through beauty pageantry, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it was like all of a sudden that your spiritual identity took off like on steroids, Oh my gosh! which is just so wild. <laughs> so let's talk about so that. Exciting. How did that affect you? How did that, that revelation? Cause it, it happened over years, not just moments. Talk about that. Yeah. Well, I just became like obsessed. Um, so, so like I said, I was raised a Christian um, and as a child and a teenager in my early twenties, I was like more on the religious side probably mm -hmm. because I'm a firstborn, I'm a performer. I want to yeah. like do good for God, you know? And everyone around me needs to be like that too. <laughs> I mean, I would carry the picture of Jesus with me to school and wow. like, you know, <laughs> minister to people. I probably wasn't ministering because I was just calling them out for like doing drugs and stuff. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't do that, you know? Wow. Um, so, uh, so then after I won Miss USA during my years, Miss USA, and then a little bit after that, my, I, I just, I, I ex did experience, um, spiritual damage um mm -hmm. and just hurt from christians and so when i when my world opened i um started questioning mm -hmm. my faith i started questioning whether jesus was necessary like why why did jesus have to die on the cross um and so then i i moved in with this girl who was like super crush uh out here in los angeles and she you know was like very hardcore and it turned me off I was like, mm. I don't want to hear anything about it. Um, and so I was like, I was kind of in this, this mode where I still believed in Jesus and God, but I'm, I'm like, we don't need to like talk about it though. Let's just, let's just, um, show people, uh, God by how mm -hmm. we act, but like not talk about it. Cause it can be offensive, you know? And so then after I had that moment, um, about being a daughter of the King, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what does this mean? And wow. I went on this whole journey. And then I called that roommate. Um, like, yo, I'm gonna need you to come to my house and I want to do a Bible study. Cause I have a wow. lot of questions. Yeah. So she came to my house every week with an, another one of our friends. And I asked a lot of those hard questions that 
I think people ask when they're rediscovering your faith again, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, why, why do we believe the Bible? Why do we believe what this says? Um, so anyway, I did a small Bible study with her every week, um, reading all the books that I could, listening to podcasts and watching Joyce Meyer on YouTube. Yeah. And um, we all need a Joyce Meyer season. Oh my, <laughs> please. I'm still in Joyce Meyer. Know, exactly. she, she's no, timeless. That's what I mean though. She is timeless. <laughs> I'm like, you, you know, you really need it because you need your butt kicked. Oh, you, know, you need, you need right. to actually surrender to Jesus, mm. like everything. And I she, yeah. she helps me. Yeah. She helps my wife too. Sometimes I'll come, oh gosh, she's watching so Joyce good. Meyer. I'm like, let's go on a character journey. Let's do it now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Get some heart surgery. So, totally. um, so yeah, that's kind of what that looked like. And then that turned into, I was like, man, if everybody knew this, if everyone mm. knew their identity, if everyone knew who they were and what God says about them, like one of the things Joyce Meyer would say in her messages was, um, don't you know what God says about you? If mm. you, you just need to remember what God says about you. And I was like, what? Like, what does God say about me? he says stuff about me. <laughs> and so I went on this whole thing where I was like, what does God say about me? And I'm like searching. And, um, and I felt like I was called to like write about it, but then there was kind of a block. And then God was like, you're in a season of preparation. So I was doing all of this, just like study and time with him. And then finally I felt a release one day where he was like, all right, start writing. So I started working on a blog. I had my personal blog, Chris and Jay Dalton. Um, then now it, she is more, um, then I wrote my first devotional rise up princess. Um, yeah. but I'm gonna stop talking and, these, and let you, no, keep, you know, yeah. redirect because I can, I can just keep talking. Boy, I'm going to go back there. Okay. So when you start writing about this and you start writing very vulnerably, your process, and for some people who are reading it, where they're like resonating going, this is it. And you became an influencer of a lot of women. This, this blew up. Like a lot of people yeah. were looking at this. It was probably in the top things about women writing about issues of inner identity and beauty mm. and talking about depression, these kinds of things. Yeah. What did you feel when all of a sudden all these women were resonating so much with your process? Hmm. Did it just feel like this is what I was made for? Or did it feel like, oh, I need, I need to really speak to this even more? Like, cause it felt like there's a lot of momentum that just built instantly. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just kind of, um, and you're right about the momentum. Like I feel like it, it did when I started writing about this stuff and started publishing articles three times a week. I mean, my articles were going viral Yeah. and, um, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe it like scared me a little bit hmm. cause it's like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> I'm glad I got you to think about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you started becoming a voice, um, because you had that desire for that voice. Um, what did God start to speak to you about your role to just humanity, your role in the entertainment industry? Because we talked about how like you were going to be like an entertainment presenter, mm. but you didn't have a passion for it anymore. You're mm. like, I, I'm, I don't want to live in that space and talk about these things. Mm. But you started to find your voice and what you were supposed to talk about. Um, what started form formulating as far as what is this? What am I going to be doing? What, mm. you know, that season. Mm. Yeah, that season where God is like redirecting you mm -hmm. and you don't really know what that looks like. You just see that things are changing and um, yeah, you're like, how do I get on board? So, Well, one's clear cut because it's like I can become a TV prisoner. One is like way less clear cut because it's like, what am I becoming? Mm. Was that like an easy... I'm going to lay this down and go after something else. Or was it like, I still don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, there was this one um, moment where God did a clear redirect. Um, and it was after Chris and I started dating. Um, we'd only been dating for three weeks and he took me up to Bethel. Oh, wow. Church. I'd never heard of it before, but he took me up there and I experienced really for the first time, I think the presence, the manifest wow. presence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I experienced women, like young women, my age coming up to me and speaking life That's and awesome. speaking truth and speaking like promise and beauty. And I never experienced that from other girls. And I think the fact that it came from other girls who yeah. looked like me was even more wrecking and healing. Um, wow. It was just, it, the whole thing was magical. And I was like, wow, this is the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And I want to learn how to do this for other people. And I want to be this kind of girl for other girls. Wow. And so I was like, Ooh, they have a school of ministry. I'm gonna go. Oh. <laughs> and so Chris and I 
were driving home in the nine hour drive and I was like, so, um, I feel called to go to the school of ministry at Bethel. And he was like, no, <laughs> cause he's like, we're getting married and I don't want you to go up there for two years. That was years, pretty fast. You know? Cause you were only dating for a little <laughs> yeah, a few weeks. That's amazing. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So, so I was like, well, um, basically the Lord told me though, and I, I have to do what he said. And so I did this thing where, you know, it, in the Bible, it talks, or the, there's the story of Gideon where he puts out the three fleeces. Yeah. So I practiced that through um, getting scripture. And then the last thing, the last fleece that I put out was, all right, God, if if you're really calling me to go to ministry school, um, can you please provide the full tuition this week? Wow. <laughs> Which I can't remember how much it was. I think it was like 5000 or something like that. And a I think it was the next day my agent called me and she's like, Hey, Kristen, um, LA fitness wants to meet with you to be, um, to be their national spokesmodel, um, tomorrow. And I was like, okay. And the, the, so I went and met with them and right after I met with them, they called my agent and they're like, we want her. And, uh, the amount of the contract was, like four times the amount of tuition. So Your I was like, not only worked. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, overtime. yeah. So I'm so, I'm like, so sorry, Chris, but clearly you have to go. You can't make God mad. You know, you can't like get that and then not go. So, um, so then I went to a Jesus culture conference of like the next week and they announced the opening of the ministry school at Harvest Rock, which is in Pasadena. Oh yeah. And so that was our solution. And then we went together. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, so just God being very clear and like, Hey, it's like, he stirred that in my heart and he's like, this is, this is how you can really minister to people. This is what the kingdom of God looks like and feels like this is how it's so healing for girls and like stirred that within me. And then he was like, you need to get trained up. And then how, how fun he is just in, I know people can contest that and say like, don't test God, but it's like, you know, he does say to to um, renew your mind so you can make sure that you're within his will. Yeah. And um, also, I think he he loves to be able to prove himself to us because he's yes. so good at that. He's mm-hmm. so good at like signs and he's so good at. So I love that you asked for it. We're going to talk in just a few minutes about Chris, your husband. Yeah. Because who marries Miss USA? <laughs> and I think that's a great story of just you and, and him. So we'll be right back after these messages. Everyone needs someone to process their prophetic journey with them. And we have created a new online mentoring platform where you can grow at your own pace, where we help you to develop your own spiritual journey of hearing God's voice. I want to help be your mentor. We have videos, interactive webinars, over five new videos each week. They're going to advance you in your journey and authority. We have so many special opportunities in this platform that you don't want to miss it including all of our other e-courses coming for free when you subscribe. Come grow with me. Let me train you in your ability to hear from God and interpret what you hear and really bring applications so that your real life is affected by your spiritual faith. Go to bowlsministries.com and sign up under e-courses. We are here to play something real, something fake. And Kristen, I have a couple (laughs) facts. One is going to be real, one's going to be fake. And you have to decide which one's which. Okay. And this is not... This is not an intelligence uh, quiz or anything like that. I know as a pageant guest, you've had to say on the spot many things yes. about deep issues and questions that mean a lot to the world. These mean nothing to the world. Okay. They are just fun facts. Disclaimer. So. You're just making me not sound dumb in case I sound no, dumb. So, you are so intelligent. So no. Uh, so here we go. You were involved in the Miss Universe pageant uh, where you came in what? Like three 10th? Top 10. Top 10. That's amazing. Thank you. Like That's awesome. Just your career is amazing. Well, here's someone who's involved in Miss Universe pageant, and you have to decide which one is true. After Army Cusuela won the very first Miss Universe pageant in 1952, she took a trip around the world as part of her reign. During the trip, she met the love of her life, but as the pageant rules stipulated, she couldn't get married and be Miss Universe. So the very first Miss Universe chose to give up her Miss Universe crown on May 4th, 1953, and marry the love of her life. Ah. When later asked if she regretted the decision, she said, not on my crown. That's number one. Oh, number Lord. two. 
<laughs> I and, hope that's fake. <laughs> in 1978, the now infamous Rita Martinez, runner-up for Miss Universe, was almost in prison when her notorious recording stating how she would kill the real Miss Universe of South Africa, who had taken the crown from her, came to light. Because there was actually no threat. She, wait, let me say that again. Because there actually was no threat, she was not arrested. Okay, so do I say on both? Which one is true and which one's fake? Okay, the first one is fake, the second one is real. No! <laughs> I got you! Stop! Yes. Are you serious? The first one's real. The first Miss Universe no! gave up her crown. Can you believe it? No. She fell in love with some guy on the trip, some no. businessman. You can and always be married for the rest of your life. Why are you going to give up your crown? Especially it's the very only first one. Here. But probably the first time around, if you think oh about it, God. it probably wasn't, even though it was a big honor, it probably wasn't as, wasn't as iconic. Quite as helpful, yeah. So it probably, she was going around the world tour, probably she's thinking, I'd rather be married and this Aww. is amazing. I, I I have self-control. I could have waited. Know, oh my gosh. Did it work out? Do we know the rest of the story? No, I don't know the rest of the story. Oh, no, she did. She stayed married. She was still married her still whole life. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Then it was worth it. Okay, we have another one. Still could have been married to him the rest of her life, but okay. <laughs> she may not have loved him, but she would love him. She was, I mean, I interviewed her not too long ago before she passed Oh, away. you interviewed her? No, they did. And uh, the, oh. the same interview that I got That's this from. so interesting. And she said, no, I was, I'm so happy and not on my crown, but I've given up that decision. So mm. some people Good. have that I'm kind of, yeah. I'm glad she felt that way. Yeah. Okay, one of the things that you talk about is inner beauty, and you talk about identity a lot but we're going to talk about outer beauty and some procedures that people had done <laughs> and decide which one of these facts is true oh my gosh number one as soon as i felt it in my eye i felt it burning i closed my eye and screamed call 911 a woman glued her eye shut after a friend mixed up eye whitening drops with super glue yes seriously she was about to audition for a commercial agent she quickly asked a friend for eye drops from her own purse apparently where she also carts around super glue they brought super glue she said and as soon as i felt it in my eye i felt it burn and i closed my eye and screamed call 911 she told wpbf tv she was rushed to the doctor where after using anesthetic they were able to pry open the eye what that's number one where do y'all come up with that i know right all Trivia. right Keep yes. going. Number two, Lisa Marie, no, sorry, Lisa Marie Triton of Omaha, Nebraska, decided for her all-new real estate job that she needed lip injections. The problem, all of her local options were too expensive. That is when her friend offered an at-home procedure through a now-defunct multi-level marketing company. The injections she used, not lip injections at all, but some the same silicone, wait, but the same silicone that construction workers use for houses. Talk about botched. Not only did she need several surgeries to fix the problem, but she wasn't able to appear for her job for several months. Uh, Which one of these is true? Um, The first one. It is. It is true. <laughs> Can you imagine super gluing your eye because you want eye whitening eye drops? No. That's wild. That's horrible. The second one was sort of true. I took two stories and mixed them together. Um, so it's kind of true. The I construction like that too. stuff, that's when I was like, nah, that didn't yeah. happen. She would probably have died. <laughs> well, in light of all this, I have one more. Do you want to do one right. more? Yeah. Okay, here we go. We have number one and number two. This is about current identity issues in America. Do you talk about identity some? You know, you talk about the inner process. So I love it. here we go. In America, we have so many people running for president in the Democratic Party currently that on CNN, NBC, and CBS News, they have referred to the Democratic candidates that they are interviewing by the wrong name over 32 times. To put this in perspective, it has never happened in the history of a presidential running before. So identitycrisis.com. Okay. Number two, George Alvarez from Fresno, California had his medical insurance claim rejected because when he originally filed for insurance, he accidentally wrote his dog's name and somehow it registered in the insurance system. He claimed the problem was that his eight children and three dogs were harassing him while he was filling out the forms. I do not identify as a dog, he told the adjusters who did agree to correct it once he was out of the hospital. Ugh. I feel like you would alter the first one a little bit because I feel like it's partly true. <laughs> and the second one's so out there that it's like, you know, I would think it's false, but. Go with your gut. I'm going to go with my gut. I think the first one's true. It's true. Yeah, Isn't that wild? That's Can you wild. imagine? I mean, the president is such a big deal to run for it. And these guys are major contenders and they keep getting their names wrong. That's crazy. That's the, I, if I was running for president, I'd be like, you guys, do you have one job? Maybe, <laughs> you know? maybe it means that they're not going to win. They're, they're definitely not going to win. But I mean, it's like so many people. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank you for playing my game with me. You did awesome. Yay. High five. Loved it. What do I win? <laughs> You win the love of this show and audience. <laughs> Where's my crown? <laughs> 
I sure hope you're enjoying exploring the industry, our brand new podcast in the Exploring series. We've explored the prophetic, now exploring the industry. Well, it's listeners like you who partner to us that make us be able to or enable us to be able to make these incredible podcasts and to create conversations that show you what God's doing behind the scenes in people's lives, especially in the entertainment industry where you don't normally get a God vantage point. And I love that these incredible people in film, television, music, and all the other industries are sharing such vulnerable stories of how God is doing things in their life and changing the world around them. And we want to continue to make these incredible conversations and to be able to speak this narrative into the body of Christ so we would have faith for what God can and will do. So please join our partnership. Or if you just want to give a one-time donation, go to bowlsministries.com and click on partner. We're back with Exploring the Industry and I have my guest, Kristen Dalton-Wolf here. And I love what we just left off on because we're talking about really doing family in the entertainment industry because you ended up getting married to this wonderful man, Chris, who many of us know and love. <laughs> and uh, you guys, you just told me in the commercial break, you just told me, I wasn't sure I wanted to have kids when we got married. Yeah. Like I wanted marriage, but I wasn't sure. Let's talk <laughs> yeah. about how come? Oh my gosh. Well, because every time I was out at a restaurant or in the airport or on a plane, I saw parents <laughs> with their children and they looked miserable. And it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it is crazy. <laughs> like I would see like parents with their children just taking care of their kids the whole time or managing their behavior or changing their diaper, taking them out to the car because they're having yeah. a temper tantrum and not actually talking to each other. And I was like, I do not want that, <laughs> you know? And now you live it. Just no. Kidding. Just kidding. And it's like everything that I was afraid of yeah. um, and, and all those, my perception of all of those things. I mean, it's true. It is true. It's, a, it's like all caregiving, nursing, helping all the time, but there's so much more. But people say, like people would say, it's hard, but it's the most rewarding thing. And I'm like, hmm. Why? I haven't really uh, experienced that. Why yeah. <laughs> no, I have now, but in the first year, uh, people would say, "Isn't but isn't it just the most wonderful thing?" And I was like, "No, yeah, it's not." Um, because the that's first so year, the, that's that's really honest too, because you you guys waited four years before you had babies, mm -hmm. and you're in the high power career pursuit of so much, and then a baby that is a big disruptor. Disruptor. And you guys had two in a row. It's like a so it's a big disruptor. I remember like <laughs> I took time off. I took four months off for wow. Harper because I I waited my whole life. I was I was late. Aww. You know, like I was thirty eight when I mm. we had our first baby. Mm. So I'm like I'm gonna be there. We don't even need your mom to come. I'll be there. Aww. She had colic, so she screamed thirteen hours a day. No, and I'm not a natural nurse type personality. Oh. Like I love taking care of people, but I don't love when taking they're in a good care mood. of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm, I was. I remember three or four months into it. I'm looking at my best friend who has three kids that are, you know, like way different age group than mine. And I go, I think I'm in hell. Please tell me it gets better. <laughs> Honestly, it's true. <laughs> and he said, oh, we get so much better. You're like, it, this is so fast. And yeah. everybody would say that and I'd say, I hate you. Right, It's right. not so fast. Right. Yeah. No, I remember like walking up to church and people being like, are you sleeping? <laughs> and I was like, why, why are you laughing about that? Oh. Like, that's not funny. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because the sleeplessness yeah. makes you a different person. Psycho. A yeah. different person. Exactly. So, um, anyways, but yeah, so that's why when Chris and I first started dating, I was like, just so you know, I might not want to have kids. And How was he with that? He was like, you're going to want to. Oh, okay. So he's like, just new. Don't tell me what I want. You don't know. Yeah. You know, I was like, but you need to marry me under that you know, condition that I might not. And he was like, okay, I just want you, you know? Yeah. And then, um, but I did pray and I was like, Lord, um, when or if, um, I am supposed to have children, will you let me know by, um, making me feel an absence in my womb? Wow. And he did. That's amazing. Yeah. Like hardcore to the point wow. where it was like, painful I felt like something was missing and so then we got pregnant and I was so excited I was like completely in this new fantasy world where I was like oh my gosh I'm having a girl and she's my little princess and we're gonna be yeah. best friends and <laughs> um you know there's like this whole movement of where where people say that you can have a painless childbirth <laughs> yes. if you really believe hard enough yes. and pray the right verses <laughs> and I laugh because of all my girlfriends that are here in LA who have tried that and yeah. they tried to pray all the right verses and right so them tried to have that home birth, the perfect birth in the totally. bathtub, and they had some complications and had to go to the hospital. Yeah, and, just like, and you hear about that, and so yeah. then when it doesn't happen for you, which it didn't for me at all, yeah. there's a lot of shame involved, mm. and you're like, oh, something's wrong with me, or God's not pleased with me, or I didn't have enough faith, or something's wrong with my body. You know, I ended up having an emergency C-section, which I never 
never yeah. thought was going to be my story. Um, and, uh, anyways, so because of my birth experience, which was traumatic, um, it, it filtered into my experience as a mother in the first year and into Chris and I's marriage. Wow. Um, <clears throat> cause he wasn't there for me during my labor in the way that I I needed him to be, mm. which he's like, we're totally open about that. You know, he took a sleeping pill, a prescription sleeping pill. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> he thought he was going to have all this time. Yeah. Um, so so I was like alone. Wow. Um, ended up calling a friend who came and was next to me. And, and anyways, so, but it impacted our marriage and our family life and my experience as a mother. And I felt like I lost my sparkle mm. and my identity my identity that I talked so much about, I was like, you know, I felt abandoned by God. I felt bitter. I, for the first time I, f I felt like I had thorns in me. Well, I, I think it's so amazing that when you're going through something, it should be the most beautiful experience. And people talk about it being yeah. the most beautiful experience. And it's not for you. And it's not for you. It wasn't for us either the first time. So mm -hmm. I, I can relate a little bit, empathize, but I'm not a woman. So yeah. I can't relate on that level. But uh, what happened? How did God come through for that? Because I know he always, obviously, he always works things for our good. Yes. But sometimes we take it on like he was the one who caused the problem too. Yeah. And which obviously we know he didn't. But what <laughs> happened? How did he? He always reveals himself. So I want to hear the revelation side of it. Oh, my gosh. God is, he is so sweet, you know, mm -hmm. um, as you know. But also in that first year, we had a lot of other things that came up against us. Um, <clears throat> uh, so through it, I was like, I'm the type of person I'm going to dig my heels in. Even if I feel abandoned by God, mm. I'm like, you got to teach me something because mm -hmm. I can't live like this. Um, and it's been two and a half years and I feel like I'm on the other side of it like right now. Wow. And especially this last year, God has taught me so much. Like every month, there's like a new like unlocking, unlocking, unlocking. And he really redeemed the whole thing through my second birth. Um, Not just through my experience of it, but yeah. in my time with God through it leading up to oh, it. Oh, wow. So, um I'll just, I'll just give you, there's so much, but I'll just give you this one thing that was really like amazing for me. And, um, it was, it's the verse Psalm 23 or the scripture Psalm 23. So mm -hmm. my first labor and delivery, I asked God, I was like, Lord, what is the scripture you want me to cling on to? And he's like, Psalm 23. So I look it up and, um, he's like, I will make you lie down in green pastures, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, but I'll be your <laughs> rod and your staff and I'll be your comforter. And I'm like, yay. Um, it's going to be so great. It's going to be like refreshing. I'm going to be late laying down in the green pastures and love and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. Awesome. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, it's going to be so nice. I'm going to have this child, this pain, painless child birth. Um, and then that didn't happen yeah. at all. And so, but then I remember laying in the hallway, um, right before we went, I, I was wheeled into the operating room and the, the verse came to me, I will make you lie down mm. in green pastures. And I was like, mm-hmm, he's making me lie down. And it was like, he was like, I'm, I'm making you lie down so I can do this for, for you. Um, but I still felt completely like defeated and, and depleted and discouraged in that moment. I was like, I didn't think any, anything more about it other than you're making me lie down. And um, then when I was preparing for my second delivery, I was praying. I was like, God, I don't, I don't know what to pray for or to believe for because I don't want to believe for something that's going to let me down. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to pray for circumstances because I want to be surrendered. So what do I pray for? Um, and then he was like, look at Psalm 23 again. Mm. So I look at Psalm 23 and Psalm 23 is split up like this. The first part is about, the first part says, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which is what I did. Yeah. And then the second part says, I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. 
Wow. And surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. And so what that spoke to me was I felt like it was God who wanted me to learn something or he wanted to teach me something through the pain and suffering of my first childbirth and that whole first year. I thought he didn't think I was a strong Christian or I wasn't deep enough. So he wanted to like train me up and Mm. that was just like a harsh way to do it. So I thought that was God. I thought it was his will for me to go through what I did. But in that verse, when it says, I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies Mm -hmm. was him telling me that was not me. That's so good. That was the brokenness of this world. You were never meant to go through that. And that was the enemy who tried to make you believe that I don't love you. Yeah. And I work out everything together for your good and for my glory. And I'm going to redeem what the enemy meant for your harm. So good. And so I got to cling on to that the second time. He's like, I am going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. Yeah. Satan, brokenness, the curse, sin. And I love how specific he was because I was on a table. <laughs> yeah. I was on an operating table and he totally redeemed it. That's so awesome. I, I experienced supernatural peace and joy, inexpressible joy. What people talk about when they're like, I connected with my baby. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that the first time. I didn't even see her until hours later. Yeah. But this time it was, it was, uh, it was heaven on earth. That's awesome. And it was not because all the circumstances were perfect. Yeah. It was literally because in Romans, it says you will have peace and joy when you trust in me. Mm -hmm. And so the whole time I'm like, I was getting poked and prodded like in my veins, like the, the IV wasn't put in right several times. They had to redo it while I was already on the table in like fetal position strapped down. Like that's so scary. It's so traumatizing. And, um, I was like, I trust in you, God, I trust in you. I trust that all these people are appointed and ordained to be ministers of reconciliation of the curse. And when I talk about that, I mean like how, um, the original yeah, curse God that never we're going exp- to that have no, but that, that we're going to experience ch- um, pain and childbirth, and that yeah. there's going to be enmity between Satan and our offspring. Yeah. Um, and but now we're like ministers of reconciliation, yeah. and not That's just so in that, good. but like just in everything that we get to partner with God and bringing redemption in this world before Jesus comes back. And so I was just like, thank you so much, God, that all these people part wanted to be doctors. Yeah. Cause you never think of their end of walking with somebody through a traumatic birth experience. Mm-hmm. Who's actually has God and is walking in faith for that circumstance and is praying for them because they're, they're going through traumatic birth experiences all the time, mm-hmm. especially if they have things go wrong and mm-hmm. if they have to do C-sections and whatever. And, um, I just think of them like, especially interfacing with you as a Christian, mm-hmm. the sparkle, you know, mm-hmm. that you bring that you talk about. And so I think, that's a beautiful experience. I love that God turned it around. So tell us about like, so you said just even recently, you're kind of on the other end of it. Mm. How old are the, the girls now? No, you have a girl um, and a boy. A girl and a boy. So, two How and a half. Girl and a boy two now? and a half. Um, <laughs> Aurora is my daughter. And then seven months, Atlas. That's so son. awesome. I love that name, Atlas, too. So when cool. When you guys picked Atlas and we saw it, Sheree's like, have we ever had a boy? I'm like, we're not having another. <laughs> we have two. She goes, I love that name, Atlas. I'm like, we know one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's I so love funny. it. I so love sweet. that. So they're, th- those are such great ages. So how has that affected um, just your, your here and now as far as career? Are you in a season of just momming it or are you and Chris is more working or are you guys both, are you still mm. actively you're doing stuff? And we'll answer that right when we come back. Okay. Welcome to the exploring series podcast with me, Sean Bowles. We're now up to three episodes a week with three different themes. Join me every Monday for exploring the industry where we have powerful conversations with Christians and entertainment industries around the world who have stories about how their faith is impacting their career in the world around them. Join us Wednesdays in one of the most listened to podcasts in Christianity, Exploring the Prophetic, 
where I get to interview people from every walk of life about how hearing from God has changed their world and the world around them. Then come download every Friday's edition where we're exploring the marketplace with my co-host, Bob Hassan, where we have powerful interviews and we answer questions from listeners like you who have careers in the marketplace. Come take a seat in our conversation and ask your questions and subscribe to the Exploring Series where we go on one journey together to see what it looks like to have a living relationship with Jesus in every kind of life imaginable. We're exploring the entertainment industry with my guest, Kristen Dalton-Wolf, and we've been talking about so many different types of things, but one of the things we're talking about right now is just who you are now. You've, mm. you've become a wife and a mother. You were Miss USA. You've done so much in your career. What are you doing right now? <laughs> uh, yes. Well, mother of two. And I um, am a host for Lightworkers, which is a digital platform uh, that Roma Downey yeah, started, Roma. which is really amazing. So I host um, devotionals, devotional messages for them. Yeah. And then I have a ministry here in Los Angeles called She Gathers. Uh, that just gathers the women of Los Angeles together monthly to form community, um, to help them to connect with the voice of God. Yeah. Um, I guide them through listening prayer or meditation Love that. to hear like God speaks to you. That's one of the most important things I think for all of us as sons and daughters of God to know yeah. is like, you don't just have to hear a message or to read a book. Like you can actually close your eyes Thank and you. pray Thank you for saying and the that. Lord yes. will speak to you. You have the mind of Christ. And so I love teaching that and guiding women through that. And then, and then I give the monthly messages. Um, and then I'm working on my next book and I am a personal success coach. <laughs> Which is amazing. Talk about that a little bit. What does it look like after oh. your experience to coach people and how do they get a hold of you? Like, how does that happen? Mm. How do you screen your clients? Oh my gosh. How do I screen them? That's one of the questions I had before I started this business. I'm like, what if I don't want to work with them? How do I screen them? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't had to do that. I, well, I think I work with everyone who wants to work with me. Um, and it's so amazing. I, um, I had this moment, um, two years ago, actually when I was transitioning out of a lot of commercial work and modeling. It was interesting because I, I noticed that doors were just closing. Mm. Like um, the streams to my usual sources of income were closing. Oh, wow. And I'm like, what am I going to, this is also after I became a mom, you know? So identity crisis. I'm yeah. like, what does this mean? You know? And, and also I'm like, Lord, the more I serve you and the better Christian I am, why are you not providing for me? Why are all these doors closing? And then I had a birthday night with my women's group. It was my birthday. And, um, we, the, um, someone prompted the girls to answer this question, which was, what do you most admire about Kristen? Wow. <laughs> and so everyone went and shared and there was this common theme of how I'm a good listener and, um, just draw help. I help draw the golden people and direct them and do, do, do. And I was like, well, wow. Like, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like for a career? Cause people say that the thing you do the most naturally is the thing that you should charge Absolutely. for. <laughs> Absolutely. The thing that you can't help but yeah. do. And that is the thing I can't help but do is to like get into a deep conversation, pull it out. Doo -doo -doo. And I'm like, what does that look like? And I'm like, well, I can't really be a counselor cause I don't have a degree, which by the way, I'm starting my master's in counseling next month. Oh no, that's really amazing. Exciting. Um, and, um, and so I'm like, well, it's a coach. And um, I'd already been low key coaching people and how to stand out, how to win communication skills. Yeah. Um, creating a, a personal brand bio, uh, public speaking for years, like, you know, low key. And so yeah, I just I would officialized say, like, when you it. Do low key, we're talking about not just like five women. We're talking about dozens and dozens and dozens <laughs> and dozens of people. True. true. It's like, you just do it. Yeah. And, um, and then they're for my friends and then they're like winning Miss USA and winning yeah. all these things. And I'm not charging for it. Cause I'm just like, that's who I am. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to just turn it into a business. And, um, and I, I love it. It's so that's awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. And so, bringing family up in the entertainment industry mm -hmm. and doing family with Chris and he's doing a similar thing for men on mm -hmm. the other side. Mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't say you're limited to women and he's probably not limited to just men, maybe right. depending on what you're doing. But, uh, what is that like bringing family? Cause a lot of people, even you said some things right up when you became a mother, family is so defining. And some mm -hmm. people think I'm gonna have to slow down because now I have kids, but mm -hmm. in the experience that I feel like God gave us a blessing of family. Like when you have family, there's something else that happens that mm. doesn't happen when you don't have a family. Mm. Have you experienced that? Hmm. 
don't know. I don't know. I'd have to talk to you more about what you mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that having children has deepened my capacity mm. to handle more and to do more like things that used to stress me out don't stress me out anymore yeah um and that's a great word capacity right and through it god is just teaching me really to trust him and to relax in my in what he's called me to and i think that's a word for everybody is like what it first of all you got to know what god is calling you to and that you've been his will and then if you are prepare Prepare to your best within your capacity without losing your peace and then show up, relax and love people. And that's it. That's perfect. I think with all your experience that you've had and then just who you are as a person, who God's defined you to be, um, what are you excited about happening in entertainment industries around the world? Hmm. Like what is God doing? Hmm. Gosh, when I, when I think about that, I just think of some of our top influencers with the biggest Instagram followings, which is Selena Gomez and Kanye West. Yeah. Who love God. Absolutely. And they're open about it. And they're sharing really conservative values and saying things that no one would say before because it was too controversial. And they're just saying, you know, like Justin Bieber the other day tweeting about pro-life. Yeah. I just don't believe that abortion is the best way. I just think that, you know, these children and, and the world's going, what? Right. Like people have only heard one argument for a long time. We're hearing like, why would you wait a minute? I really respect you. I love your music. I love you. Mm. So I agree. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think that there, I mean, as much craziness as there is, um, there's, I think there's a lot of hope. Yeah. And people are attracted to hope. They sure are. And people are attracted to the truth and they're attracted to good news. So God is not dead. <laughs> no, he's not. no, he's not. Yeah. But seeing all of your friends and even people you've helped coach and bring into mm-hmm. more identity in their entertainment mm-hmm. career specifically, tell me about how you would frame hope for people watching right now. Cause you're connected to so many wonderful people mm-hmm. who are entertainers or actors or entrepreneurs. What would you say to people outside of that as you're on the inside of it, as far as a message from God? Mm-hmm. Um, what's really exciting for me is seeing girls pursue their dreams. And a lot of times when we pursue our dreams, it's, it feels shallow Mm -hmm. and, and hollow. I think that's a good word is hollow because we're like chasing after this thing. And there's so many like, um, weird dynamics that we encounter people conflict, rejection, just darkness. Yeah. And I think that we we're on this path to get the thing and we feel dark and hollow and we get to the other side, we win the thing and then there's more darkness mm-hmm. or um breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Increased depression. Um anxiety attacks. And What I'm excited about, the hope is, I am now seeing girls pursue their dream and not lose it. Yeah. When A, they don't win, or when they have to keep going back, or when they have to keep persevering, or when they experience opposition. um, Or rejection. Rejection, even reputation. When people try to ruin your reputation, mm-hmm. betrayal, gossip, yeah. oh my gosh. And you have to deal with all that. But I'm seeing girls rooted and not hollow and full yeah. and whole and complete and able to see beyond it and so able good. to see that this is temporary and it's also training ground. Getting back to royal identity, getting back to training for reigning. That they're able to see, mm, okay, cool. You're a tool. Yeah. You're helping me train up versus letting it and take them down. You're taking so much, I think, of your life experience in applying the Bible to it so well and applying identity through the scripture. Through the Bible is the best life coach. He has done such a good job. It's so <laughs> ridiculous that this book that's thousands of years old is still Timeless. so relevant. It's so amazing. So 
I so want to thank you for just who you are, for your vulnerability. You're always vulnerable. I love it about you. And also just for um, being in process, not being that finished work that everybody needs to see Instagram highlight reel, but actually sharing along the journey with a lot of different people, different levels of struggle you've had, but how you've overcome it as well. Mm. And when you're overcoming to not say I've already overcome mm. and just going through it. Cause I think you've, uh, that's been a role model. Cause I think we've always had a model so much false strength sometimes in the front. And yeah, I think you're good. helping a lot of people who have influence to say, don't try and be something you're not. Don't front. Mm. And I've, as long as I've known you for all these years, you've never fronted. You've always been you mm. and, uh, but you're safe because you just, you always follow love for God, for yourself, for your family, for friends. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. And for those of you watching, I'm going to encourage you, especially when it comes to this message of identity and scripture, I want to encourage you, those who read the Bible, I'm just reading a survey that people who read the Bible four times a week start to apply it only after four times a week, like three times, two times, one time a wow. week, only 1% of people apply it. But after four times a week, it starts to go into you hmm. and change your identity. So wow, I encourage you, so especially if you're pursuing something like the entertainment industry or entrepreneurship, where you need to be grounded in the word. It's going to help you because we all are hitting these places. We all hit the highs and the lows, hmm. but the only people who stand are on a firm foundation. Yes. So I'm going to encourage you in the Bible. I'm going to encourage you in your identity journey, get the right resources. Don't do it alone. Find the books, find the conferences, find the Joyce Meyer times. Hmm to be able to be fed by people who are already ahead in this journey and also get a hold of Kristen's materials her books just two books and a devotional you can get those we'll have a link online so please join the conversation with us online and also subscribe and like our YouTube channel go to our podcast it's so good to share this time with you join our conversation Thank you for listening to Exploring the Industry. We're believing that God's going to change the world through the entertainment industry. And we want to invite you into the conversation. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell to this podcast. Also visit us at bowlsministries.com where you're going to find tons of resources to help you on your spiritual journey.